So we've all followed leaders in our lives. From the moment we came into this world, there's been people leading us, and we've all had good leaders, and we've all had bad leaders. Leaders that we really enjoyed following, and re- leaders that were like, I can't wait to stop following this idiot. I mean, we all had that experience. Maybe for you, it was a coach or a teacher. They were a good leader where they saw potential in you and they invested in you and made you into a great student or a great musician or a great just athlete. You had a good coach, a good teacher, but maybe you had a coach or a teacher that it was like you were walking on eggshells around them and as soon as you messed up, they tackled you. You've maybe had that experience or or maybe it's at work. You've had a boss that was just great at seeing the potential in you and giving you opportunities to rise through the ranks and get salary promotions and all that jazz, or maybe you've had the kind of boss like I had where they're looking for you to fail, and they're in fact setting you up to fail at times, and you're like, what's up with this guy? This is crazy. Maybe it's been in a spiritual world. For you, maybe you've had a priest or a pastor. They were supposed to protect you and guide you into truth, but they did the opposite. Or maybe you did have a pastor priest that was incredible at encouraging you. Maybe you had one that took advantage of you. Maybe to get really close to home with your mom and dad. Maybe you had a mom and dad that really loved you and showed that love in incredible ways, took care of you, saw the best in you, and just raised you to be independent and successful. Or maybe you're the person, I'm so sad to say, that where you were most vulnerable, they took advantage of you and abused you, mistreated you. You see, as humans, we are all vulnerable. Every person is vulnerable. From the moment you come into earth, certainly as a little child in the formative years, we're surrounded by adults and adults that take advantage of kids and adults that build up kids. We're all vulnerable. And then as we get older, we don't cease to be vulnerable. It doesn't matter how old you are, how sophisticated you are, how smart you are. In school, in church, in the community, at work, you are vulnerable to be misled, misguided, taken advantage of. It's just a part of human nature. There's this vulnerability to who we are as humans. It's why... The Bible will describe humans as sheep. The Bible will call us sheep because sheep are very focused on what's right in front of them. And they they may not notice anything else but what's in front of their nose. Sheep are vulnerable to be misled because of how focused they get on what they want or what they're thinking about. So there's this funny story from the BBC a couple years ago about how 1,500 sheep jumped off a cliff. And, and I would love to see the video clip of this. Like, if this would be the kind of news I would watch, I would love to see 1,500 sheep plunge to their death. Right? You would too. It's just kind of fun. Like, why would 1,500 sheep jump off a cliff? And so the story reported that the shepherds for a moment were eating breakfast and they let the sheep just wander about and one sheep's like, whoop, and jump. And they rest just jump and 400 of them die at the bottom of this cliff and they saved the 1,100 who landed and it was like their sheep mattress. And, and <laughs> it, it's incredible to think like, really? We're all just going to jump off? And it's sort of funny because it's a picture of humanity. I mean, we get so focused on what's 
right in front of us that if there's a group of people leading in this direction, we're following. And because of that, we're very vulnerable to self-centered, self-serving leaders. Leaders who are not governed or guided by what is right and true before God and before others. So we're very susceptible to leaders that will lead us astray, every single one of us. And you might, oh, I'm too smart for that. No, you're not. It's frankly why God sent Jesus to planet Earth. You see, God knows we're vulnerable. He knows that we're wired to be led. And so he sends Jesus to be our good shepherd, to guide us and to lead us home. And he gives us Christ as this example, but he gives us Christ to forgive us and save us. And that's what we're going to dial into today. So if you have your Bibles, John chapter 10 is where we are. John chapter 10, open up your Bibles, turn them on. It's good for you to follow along with us as we work our way through John 10. It's real interesting in John 10, Jesus is talking to sheep, people like you and me. And he's talking to sheep who are under the care of self-serving religious leaders. And as we learned last week, he wants people, sheep, to know what a real shepherd is like. He knows that we're under self-serving leaders, and in this specific context, context the Jewish leadership is self-serving, and he's, he's warning them about that. And he says, hey, a real shepherd knows his sheep's name. He says a real shepherd goes before the sheep and leads them out in front. He says a real shepherd guides you into purpose and peace. And he's setting up this tension to say, hey, if the religion that you're part of doesn't know your name or story, if the religion that you're a part of doesn't lead by example but exploits people, if the religion that you're a part of doesn't lead you into greater ways of purpose and peace, then that religion is a fraud. That's not being led by God. And it's this backdrop that he comes on, Jesus, with these strong statements about leadership in John chapter 10, verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. And it's because we are like sheep, vulnerable to be misled, that Jesus makes this strong statement. He knows that religion can mislead us, so he says, I am the good shepherd. 
And I want you to look at that phrase and notice what he says and what he doesn't say. He says, I am the good shepherd. He doesn't say, I am a shepherd. And he doesn't say, I am a good leader. He says, I am the good shepherd. He, he's making this very bold claim that for all people, the good shepherd is Jesus, that anyone looking for guidance and protection, Jesus is the one to guide and protect. And that's a pretty bold statement. What would qualify you, Jesus, to make that statement? You're either crazy, arrogant, or maybe you are the good shepherd. What qualifies you? And he gives a number of reasons in this passage of what qualifies his resume, so to speak, for being the good shepherd. He lays it out right here. He said, Jesus is the good shepherd because he sacrifices himself for people. Verse 11, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks, the flock scatters. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. All kinds of leaders in our world that say they care about us, but will they lay their lives down for us? Will they put their needs second and your needs first? Jesus says this is what qualifies him. There's something unique about him. Interesting that he uses the word hired hand. Someone who gets paid to care for the sheep. And he makes a distinction. He says, wait, there's somebody that gets paid to take care of the sheep, but as soon as there's danger, this hired person scoots, showing where their real loyalty is. He says in the context of religion, interesting, that there are shepherds, hired shepherds, who are motivated by money, not motivated by love, for the sheep, and he draws the contrast to himself. It says, but I am motivated by love. Willingly, I lay down my life for the sheep. I throw my life in. I love how Calvin says it, a theologian. He says, our salvation is dearer to Jesus than his own life. I mean, incredible that his desire to rescue us his motivation and love to die and rise again for our sins. He throws his life into the mix that that motivation for us is so great that he's willing to lay his own life down, put his own needs aside, go into this gruesome death. This is the greatest and most important reason why Jesus can say he's the good shepherd because he's going to go to a cross He's going to be nailed to a cross. He, in doing that, is going to step in front of the wrath of God, the payment that I should be paying for my rebellion, and the rebellion of the entire world gets poured out on him. He takes it. He absorbs it in his own body because that's how much he loves the world. And that's what qualifies him to say, hey, I'm going to get up in front of you and say, I'm the good shepherd because I know what I'm going to do in the coming days. I'm going to be nailed for you. I'm going to pay the penalty you deserve. I throw my own life into the mix for you. 
Jesus is the good shepherd because he knows people. Verse 14 says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. So we would all say that God the Father, God the Son have this incredible relationship of knowledge and experience with each other. And Jesus is saying, I'm inviting you into that knowledge. I know you. I have a deep experiential knowledge of you. I don't just know your name. I know your story. I know your brokenness. I know your circumstances. I know your joys. I know your fears. I know you. I even know the number of hairs on your head. How many different people that want to lead us know us? There's all kinds of people vying for us to follow them, but do they know us? And does the knowledge of who we are change impact who they are as leaders? You see, this qualifies Jesus to say, let me lead you, let me protect you because I get you, I understand you, I love you. Jesus is the good shepherd because he treats all people justly. Verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So interesting to think that if he knows my name and knows my story and loves me, then I must be his favorite, right? Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. It's the way a lot of us think. And in the context of where Jesus is speaking, he's talking to Jewish people that are very Jewish religious, and one of the short-sighted ways that Jewish people thought then is that they were God's favorite, that they were special somehow, which made them better, superior to everyone else. And Jesus comes in and says, no, 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 no. I am the good shepherd, and I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I am inviting them into a relationship as well, and I'm building a family, a flock. I'm building something from people from every tribe and nation and language and background, and there's going to be one shepherd and one flock, one family. Incredible, because if Jesus was just a shepherd of people like you, he would not be good. Did you hear that? If he was just a shepherd of people that were from the Lehigh Valley with our economics and our color and our diversity and our political background, if that was the only way he was a shepherd of people just like me, he would not be good. What makes him good is he's just and his invitation goes out to all and all who hear his voice, he calls and says, I love you, I forgive you, I adopt you, come and be a part of my family. And every person from any race, background, personality who hears that and comes, he's like, we're going to be one big family together. Incredible. Makes him good in all his ways. Jesus is the good shepherd because he has God's power. Verse 17, the reason my father loves me is that I lay my life down only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. So it's really incredible that Jesus would love me so much to die on a cross. And if I read the crucifixion account of Christ, all the mocking, the spitting, the nailing, the flogging, all of that messy mob scene, it would be like, that's pretty cool that somebody would die for me. That's kind of 
cool. That's pretty loving. But this is so much bigger than that. This is Jesus coming to earth knowing he's going to walk into that and deliberately choosing step by step by step by step for 33 years to walk towards the mob. Nobody like pulled him, tugged him, said, you better go. He's like, here we go. Every day of his life, I'm heading right towards this moment where they're going to mock me, spit on me, abuse me, nail me to a cross, and I'm going to do it because I love. But here's what's incredible. I'm going to three days later walk out of the grave alive because I'm all-powerful. It's both loving and powerful. It's the definition of power. So, so many leaders want to use power over us. I mean, you see it with coaches and teachers and bosses and politicians. They want to use their power to push us down and keep us in our place. I see it with husbands with their wives, holding their wives under their thumb. Control, 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 control. So many people use their power to push people down. And Jesus, this all-powerful one, uses his power to lift people up and give life to the world. Incredible display of power. The cross of Christ is the greatest act of love. And the resurrection of Christ is the greatest act of power any human has ever seen. That he would love and be nailed willingly for the world. And that he would be powerful to push that rock out the way and say, here I am, you can't hold me down. And I use that power to lift everyone else up from the grave. This is Jesus and it's why he is the only one who's qualified to say, yeah, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And I love them, and I care about them, and I treat all people justly, and I have the power to not only die innocently, but rise again victoriously to give people, sheep, vulnerable life. So as vulnerable as all we are, that we're susceptible to the whims of all kinds of leaders, we're also susceptible to the feelings of our own hearts, we have a choice to make. I either follow the good shepherd or I don't. I dismiss him. It's why in John 10 verse 19 it says, the Jews who heard these words, the words that Jesus is speaking about himself, the Jews who heard these words were again divided. And they, some said, he's crazy, he's a whack job. And others are like, nah, there's something unique about him. And all humanity has a choice. Either Jesus is crazy, a whack job, or he's the good shepherd. And you have that choice. You know, for a season, we can all be in the middle and be curious. For a moment, a chapter of our lives, we can lean into, let me think, is this really true? And you lean into a season of trying to figure out and learn about who Jesus is. But at some point, you have to decide. He's either crazy, he's a quack, or he's the good shepherd that's come from God. And there's no fuzzy middle ground. I want you to skip ahead to verse 24. People are frustrated with Jesus. And they say to him, how long will you keep us in suspense, Jesus, if you are the Messiah... Tell us plainly, like Jesus, would you please just be straight up with us? Who are you? You're doing all this stuff. Who are you? And maybe that's what you're thinking today. 
Like you're in this zone of being curious, and you're like, if Jesus would just speak plainly, if I could just hear his voice, if he just wrote the sky ride, if he just texted me, if he sent me a shipment from Amazon that said, love Jesus, then I would believe him. Then I would follow him. Then I would understand. Then I would obey. But here's the thing about Jesus. He gives us enough to make faith possible. He make, gives us enough to make faith possible, but he also holds back enough to make faith necessary. He reveals enough of himself to the world to make faith possible, that we could actually believe and trust him and follow him, but he holds back in his sovereignty. He wants to be followed by faith. He doesn't want to use power to force you to follow him. He doesn't use these great displays of intellect. He wants you to trust him by faith. So he gives enough of himself so that we can believe, but holds back enough so that he doesn't destroy us and requires us to walk by faith. So he's not the cosmic dog you want him to be. You know, so many times we want him to go, hey, Jesus, do this and I'll believe you. Heal my loved one fix my problem, solve, talk to me out loud, and then I'll follow you, trust you. He doesn't listen to your commands. He doesn't listen to my commands. Instead, when he was asked, hey, Jesus, just make yourself plain, just reveal yourself, look what he says in verse 25, I did tell you, but you don't believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Fascinating. That when Jesus is told, hey, Jesus, just be straight up. Just tell us. Just be honest. Don't Hold us in suspense anymore. Just jump, cosmic dog. Do something powerful to prove who you are. Instead of Jesus saying another word about who he is, he doesn't give him any more displays of power. Instead, look what he does. He turns it on the sheep and he says, the reason you don't know me is because you're not my sheep. And then he details character traits of his sheep. And he describes to us not more of who he is, but more of who his sheep are. And he says, sheep, listen to the good shepherd's voice. Instead of proving himself more to us, he says, I speak the truth, I continue to speak the truth, and it resonates in my sheep's heart. And that's how you know you belong to the shepherd. Does the truth of Christ, who Christ is, the words of the Scriptures, does it resonate in your heart? Because if the truth of Christ resonates in your heart, you belong to the shepherd. That doesn't mean you don't have questions. It doesn't mean you don't have doubts. But there's something that rings true when you hear Christ's words. Then you belong to the shepherd. He says, sheep trust the good shepherd knows them. So instead of proving who he is, he says, my sheep are aware that I know them. My sheep understand that I know their story. I know their brokenness. I know their fears. I know their joys. I know their ups, their downs. 
I know them, and you belong to the Good Shepherd if you know that you're not a number to God, but that He knows your name. If you understand that and feel that, that you are His and belong to Him, that's how you know He's the Good Shepherd. He says, sheep follow the Good Shepherd. Instead of proving himself, instead of giving a lecture, instead of wowing us with his intellect, Jesus says, my sheep know my words are true. My sheep know I know them. And because my words are true and I know them, they follow me. You see, you're not a Christian as a religious person. That's not what he's talking about. You know that form you fill out, hi, my name is, I'm this, here's my address, here's my phone number, my religion, drop down arrow, religion, Christian. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying, no, there's a difference between drop down arrow, Christian, and someone who hears the voice of the shepherd and follows. He says, my sheep belong to me, and here's how you'll know they actually follow. They hear my voice, obey my commands, live with me, live for me, honor me with their words, their thoughts, their actions. Sheep follow the good shepherd. He says sheep experience the good shepherd's abundant life now. Verse 28, he gives his sheep eternal life, which is something that starts now. Eternal life isn't heaven, it's what starts now, it's a glass. Remember the pitcher of water? It's a glass that's full or a glass that's empty, knowing that the source of the goodness is Christ. He has come that you might have life now and life to the full now. So if you belong to the shepherd, then you have moments now where you feel and experience the overwhelming supernatural peace of God. You have moments where you feel and experience the supernatural peace of God. You have moments now where you feel, experience the supernatural purpose of God. You have abundant life now. And in those moments, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I belong to the Good Shepherd. He knows me and I know Him. The last thing, it's so incredible. He says, sheep have assurance in the good shepherd's eternal protection. So instead of proving more of who he is, instead of giving more power to praise or a lecture, he says, my sheep know I hold on to them tight. And here's the theology behind that. When I hear about Jesus and I put my faith in Jesus, he adopts me into his family. He signs the adoption papers with his blood. It's eternal. He says, now you're mine. And he says, this adoption is secure forever. You will forever be in my family with an inheritance that will never spoil or fade. You're for, I stamp you, my son and daughter. My name is on you forever and always. You can never remove my name from you. You're in my family, and you know that, and you're assured about that. So whether you have good days or bad days, whether you get it right or get it wrong, Jesus has an eternal grip on your soul. And he says that those who know that belong to me, which is just so important to hear this again, that I don't get into his family by my good works. And I don't get out of his family by my bad works. I don't get in for the good things I've done I don't stay in for the good things that I do. No. 
His eternal grip, his namesake is on me, on my good days and on my bad days. And what gets me into his family is my faith, I believe. And once I'm in his family with an inheritance that will never spoil or fade, that's my motivation to say, I will follow you, I will love you, I will trust you, I will walk with you forever. But your love and grip is so strong that even on my worst days when I screw up and slip away, you got me forever and always. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Doesn't that make him great? It's a love that is second to none. You see, Jesus is the good shepherd, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The question becomes, do you listen to his voice? It isn't about him proving himself to us. It's about, are we sheep that belong to him? He says, if you belong to me, you hear my voice and you know I'm true. If you belong to me, you're confident that I know you and you grow in your confidence of knowing me. If you belong to me, you're not a Christian religious. You're a follower. You follow me. Obey me. If you belong to me, you begin to experience abundant life now. In increments and moments, you start to experience the overflowing goodness of God. Do you have assurance? If you belong to me, you have a growing assurance that I am yours and you are mine forever and always. You see, we're all vulnerable all of us. Personally, I've been in a home as a child where I was mistreated. I've had bosses that have, have not treated me, me well. I've also had a pastor who hasn't treated me well, treated me unfairly. But if you belong to the good shepherd, he will protect you and guide you home. That's the safest spot. If you belong to him, you are safe forever and always because every leader is going to disappoint you. Every leader is going to let you down. Every pastor is going to disappoint you and let you down, starting with me. The only one who will not let you down is Jesus. He's the good shepherd. We run to him and we listen to him and we follow him. And we're not going to stop singing about him and praying to him and talking about him as a church. Because what is there? There's nothing more. There's nothing better than the good shepherd. So we listen to him, follow him, fix our eyes on him because nothing can snatch us from his hands. And he's the only one that will guide you home. So Faith Church fix your eyes on Jesus. If you've wandered away from him, now's the time to turn and walk back and he will accept you with open arms. If you've never put your trust in the good shepherd and you've been following all kinds of other leaders and yourself, now it's time to see there's only one good shepherd that would lay his life down and be powerful enough to pick it up again and say, I'll use my power to bring you into my family. Put your hope and trust in Jesus for this life and the life to come, and you will be safe forever. Pray with me. God, thank you for being so patient with us. And thank you for understanding us. Thank you that as sheep who go astray, instead of letting us jump off a cliff, you come and rescue us. Instead of leaving us in a heap of death, you love us with an everlasting love and come and lay your life down that we could be made whole again 
So, Father, please work in the hearts of the people in this space today. Help us to follow the voice of the Good Shepherd. Give us ears to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. Give us a heart that's willing to obey your voice. Help us to trust you and know that your protection and love is good and solid and eternal, that your grip will never be pried off of us, that nothing can snatch us from your hand. Thank you for your love and power. I pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen.